is the Big Church Podcast. I'm okay. Now, that may not be the truth, but I'm not going to take time out of my day to burden you because the things that I'm dealing with would knock you off your feet. And to be honest, it's more than just a little anxiety. And maybe I need help and maybe I need to talk, but I'm not going to make that apparent in the way that I walk because I'm okay. Andrew, what's wrong? Andrew, is everything all right? Well, yeah, maybe if you'd stop asking me the question, I'd be fine. I don't need your pity and I don't need you to pray for me. I'm doing fantastic, so please don't play with me. I'm okay. I got four hours of sleep last night, which is more than my usual, so things are looking better, so stop acting like you're at my funeral because I may be dying, but I'm not dead yet, and my thoughts are pacing, and they're putting out death threats, and shame is taking over my life, and I just can't seem to stop it. It's like my thoughts are a jet, and they just shot off a rocket, and I don't think that I can stop it. So I'll put this all in a box, and I'll lock it. I'm okay, and my thoughts may be killing me, but I don't need to share because Even if I did, it's not like you'd care. You just nod your head and you give me that blank stare and you would act like you were here, but you were never really there. I'm okay. I feel the pressure building. I thought I was burying my thoughts, but in reality, it's me that I'm killing. And so I could keep pushing this and I know I could keep it hidden. And nobody can know about the pain because that's forbidden. So Andrew, don't cry, don't pout, and stop being a baby. Oh God, oh God, why won't you save me? I'm not okay. I'm not. And I'm tired of acting like I am. And I fought, and I'm tired of acting like I can't. And I'll rot if I keep putting on this scam. And so I'll stop sacrificing myself because you are the lamb. And I'll stop letting the shame hold me. And I'll keep trying, and I'll stop folding. And I'll stand tall, and I'll walk boldly. And I'll live my life, and I'll let you mold me. Because without you in my life, I may be living, but I'm dead. I'd wake up every morning, and this life is what I dread. And every morning, I just go back to bed. But that's not why you let your blood spill red I'm not okay but that's why you did it you took hammer and nail and you said it was finished and I was scared to face it and I was afraid to admit it but me running from your promises makes your sacrifice diminished so I'm done with making excuses I'm done with the play I'm done with the slop I'm done running away I'm coming home I'm coming home today, and when I get there, I know what you'll say. It's okay. Hey, Big Church, we are so excited that you're tuning into this week's podcast, but we wanted to take a quick break to tell you about some fun things that we have going on at our church. Now, we have a lot going on, but we're super excited about the I Am She conference happening on March the 7th. You guys, we're bringing in Jess Conley, the author of You're the Girl for the Job, and our very own Mindy Watson. They're going to bring encouragement and purpose into what God has called each and every one of us women to do. There'll be food and fun and fellowship and there's a shopping expo filled with 
only women-owned businesses from our local area. How exciting is it? So if you're interested in joining us at the I Am She Conference, head on over to IamSheRevival.com slash events. We're also going to put a link to that in the show notes and grab your tickets. You guys, you don't want to miss out on this amazing opportunity to be who God has called you to be. We look forward to seeing you there. Now here's the rest of our episode. Wow. 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 I'm just going to start by saying, are you okay? Are you okay? It's okay to admit if you're not okay. And during this whole series that we're going to go through this whole month, we're going to dive deep into what it looks like to be living in a toxic world and how to detox away from that. But the very first thing that you have to do is you have to understand if you're okay. Because there's a lot of times when I love when he just did that. I mean, I wasn't planning on saying any of this, but there's times when you go through life and you put a smile on your face and, and, you, and you put the mask over it and say, I'm good, I'm okay. But down deep inside, you're really not okay. Down deep inside, you're you're you're... you're You're trying to figure out how you portray okay, but your okay is not happening in your regular life. You have people looking at you and they see the nice jacket and they see the smile and they see everything that's supposed to go on the way that it is, but you're really not okay. The reason why we're not okay is because we live in a toxic world. We live in a world right now where every, this is none of my preaching y'all, so don't turn the clock off. We live in a world right now that just tells us and tries to make us believe things that are not true and what God tells us about ourselves. We're going to learn how to detox over the next few months our, our mind, our soul, our bodies, our, everything that is in us. We're going to learn how to detox that over the next few months. So let me just start out by telling you this. You know, we're two months into this first year, right? And usually what happens in the first two months is I'm going to ask you a question. How are your resolutions going? She is doing awesome. She's getting up at five o'clock, 430 in the morning and going to work out. I'm working out, but I I ain't that faithful that early. But she's been doing a fantastic job. But how are your resolutions going? You know, a lot of times we resolve to, to lose weight and get healthier and to sleep more and But what we need to do is we got to take our resolutions past January. We got to take our resolutions past February. We got to take our resolutions past March. It's got to be in a place where we learn that we get these things at the first of the year and they need to become a lifestyle. So over the next few weeks, we're going to detox these things. But in order to detox, we got to recognize what it means to be toxic. And you know me, I love definitions. This is not going to be a real funny preach today. Last week was funny. This week, I just want you to leave here today with a clear mind. I want you to leave here today going, you know what? I need some stuff out of my life so I can go to the next level and get where God wants me to be. But toxic means poisonous. It means harmful. It means infected. And why do we live in a toxic world? Why do bad things happen to good people? I've heard that my whole life. Why do we see death and destruction and, and, and just, why does it seem like evil's winning? 
Does it look at sometimes when you look, you watch the news? I don't even watch the news anyway. But when you see those things, you feel like, man, evil. There's something going on in the world that's winning. But it wasn't always that way. So we're going to go back to Genesis this morning, and we're going to talk about how it all started. And it wasn't always this way. God created a perfect world. He created a garden in which everything in this thing was good. And not only that, when he made the, the earth and the stars, and everything, he looked out one day and he said, every day he said, it is good. It's good. And when he got to the very end, when he made you and me, and he breathed life inside of us, he said this, he said, it's very good. So I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't always the way that we see and we look around. We live in a very depressing world sometimes, but it wasn't always that way. So he said it was good, and he placed man right smack dab in the middle of it to take care of it. So let's look at Genesis 2.16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree in the garden you may freely eat. He came to Adam and said, Anything in this place, you want it, you got it. I've made everything perfect, so everything you good. But what God really wanted... He wanted to give us everything, but he really wanted to have intimacy with us. He really wanted to have communion with us. He really wanted to have a relationship with us. The Bible says he actually, with Adam, he walked in the cool of the day with them. That is what God truly intended with us. But all of the distractions and all the detail, all the toxins in the world have distracted us from what that is. He didn't want robots. He didn't want someone to say, yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. He gave us a free will that got us in a little trouble. But what free will is, it's the mental ability by which a person deliberately chooses, listen, or decides to take action on. Let's look at my very first point. It's called toxic choice. Verse 17. Don't you love these little words? Give me 17. That but ought to have a capital B on it right there. But, God said, I gave you everything. You can have it all. You can eat all the fruits. You can do whatever you want to do. This is cool. But, so when God says but to something, you better start listening to what's getting ready to follow after it. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Right in the middle of everything that was glorious, Right in the middle of everything that was beautiful, right in the middle of everything that was perfect, God placed a choice. How many times in our life, right in the middle of everything good, there's a choice you have to make. There's a choice, you, which way you can go. We're faced with choices every single day. And if you ever made a bad choice, a toxic choice that cost you something, come on, some of us more seasoned people in here how many, how many choices have we made that like 40 years ago, we wish we had not have made that choice, but now we're paying the price for that choice because we made it at that time. This choice could have cost you a relationship. Maybe it's a relationship you shouldn't have never started. Maybe, it, maybe the choice caused an addiction. Maybe the choice caused you some financial problems that now you're paying for some years later because you made some bad choices when you were young. So here, just in a little bit, our, our choices determine our destination, whether that's good or whether that's bad. Our choices can determine how long it takes to get there, too. 
Sometimes it's a fast thing. Sometimes it's a slow thing. But choices, listen to this. Choices can cause you to live in the past. They can limit your present and they can destroy your future. I'm going to say that again. The choices can cause you to live in the past. They can limit your present. The, The things that you keep thinking about right now are keeping you stuck in the present right now. The things that you have keep going back to are keeping you stuck. And what it's doing is destroying your future. You can't go any farther than where you're going because you're stuck here and you're still looking back there. We got some guys. We have a men's group to meet here on Tuesday night and it's growing. Come on. It's been very, very good. So here in a couple weeks, the younger guys' men's group, their men's groups are going good too. They're going to combine with us next Tuesday, not this one, but the following. And you know what they wanted? I thought it was so cool. They want our wisdom. They want us to tell them, don't do what I did back when I was 20. And how come? Listen, she said this. uh, Wise people say it loud. So they want to hear about the mistakes that we made so they don't replicate that. And so that's what, oh my goodness, help me out, Jesus. It's like wearing a sauna suit up here. It's like, thank you. Ooh, I started spinning, but here we go. Here we go. <laughs> okay, get back on focus here. Here we go. Number two, we have a toxic enemy. Listen, we don't talk about the enemy very much. We don't talk about him in church anymore much because it's not politically correct to talk about the devil, even though he's the one that caused all the toxicity to come into us. It's not politically correct to speak about hell or heaven, and and I want to do a a series later on about the things that you wish that we could talk about because we're going to talk about some things like that. But Genesis 3 once said this, it says, now the serpent was more cunning than any other beast in the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Just imagine the devil. Has he ever done this to you? Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? Here's the ultimate bad guy. The ultimate guy who's Satan, Lucifer. He's called the thief. He's called the murderer. He's called the destroyer. And he's also called the liar and the deceiver. Well, look what he did. He starts playing mind games with Eve. It's all the woman's fault. Oh, my God. Oh my gosh, better be quiet. I'm just kidding. He starts playing mind games with Eve. And next week, we're going to talk about how the mind affects the body. And we're going to talk about detoxing our body and some of those things too. But it all starts right here. It all starts, Carolina, she didn't even know what I was going to talk about. She started talking about that this morning in prayer. It all starts right here. He said, has God really said? Did you hear God say it? Think about it. Did you hear God specifically say you're not supposed to touch that? What happens is is all of a sudden doubt starts to creep in. All of a sudden you start thinking, did I really hear that? Because listen, there's nowhere that says that he told Adam and Eve. He told Adam and Adam passed down the information to Eve. So all of a sudden, not only has he got her doubting God, he's got her doubting her soulmate too, Adam. What he does, he tries to twist and manipulate and and turn and do all of those things before, you know what, you don't even know what to believe anymore. Maybe he's thinking, they don't want me to touch this tree because 
God's trying to hold out on me. There's something, there's something about that tree that God doesn't want me to have. Come on, how many things in your life have you wanted to grab hold of and God's like, no, 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 don't touch that. Don't even be around that thing. And, and you want to grab hold of it all the more. And, it, and because you think God won't allow you young people, listen, party in life will get you nowhere and you're going to find out at the end of it all that you're going to be more mis- mis- miserable than you were before. Was he holding out something? But here, number three. It causes a toxic compromise. And the woman said, verse 2, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of all the trees in the garden. She's telling him what we can do. Here's this big word again. But, so she knew the but, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it. Don't eat it. Don't touch it. Don't bite it. Don't go near it. Danger, Will Robinson, danger. We got a Will Robinson back here. Danger. It's like, don't go around that thing. She knew the truth, but there's that but. But compromise means to make weak by accepting standards that are lower than desirable. Compromise leads to disobedience. And let me go on here real quick. Verse four. Then the serpent said to the woman, you're not going to surely die. Can you imagine the devil sitting there talking to you? You ain't going to die, girl. That's, that's, a, that's a lie. For God knows that in that day that you eat, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. You will be like God, knowing good from evil. Verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree was desirable pleasant and desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and she ate it. And she also gave it to her husband and he ate. She saw that it was pleasurable. She saw that it was pleasant. She saw that it was desirable. But the Bible said sin is pleasurable for a season. It's pleasurable for a season. You're going to have fun. Things are going to be good. But after a while, that sin pleasure starts to, starts to dissipate. Proverbs 16, 25 said this, There is a way that seems right unto a man or a woman, but its end is the way of death. What you see is not always what you get. It looks good sometimes. Girl, that guy looks good sometimes. <laughs> guy, he looks, you shouldn't be talking to her at the office. She's looking good. That, that financial thing that you think you need to be doing, it looks good on the outside and the appearances and the job and all that, but chocolate cake and five guys looks good <laughs> until it's hanging all over you. I had Chick-fil-A the other day for the first time in like ever. I even had some mac and cheese. Sorry. Judge me if you want to. That's okay. It looks good. But we live in a culture that promotes that we're our own God. We live in a culture that says it's humanism. Do your own thing. Do what makes you happy. You do you, boo. It's only hurting me, right? Wrong. Verse 6, she took it. She ate of it. And she gave it to her husband. 
all of a sudden, sin had the trickle-down effect. It messed with her, but yet it wasn't good enough to mess with her. She had to hand it over to Adam. And once Adam took over that fruit, and once that started happening, that's when sin came into the world. One bite, and we were toxic. One bite, and we were infected. And a virus is harmful. It's a corrupting influence. And what happened in that garden with one choice? It was the influence called sin came into the world. What is sin? Here we go. We're going to talk about something else. We don't talk about church much. Sin is the category of murder. That's got to be a sin. Adultery. Rape. We start getting our big, big words out there for sin, what sin is. And we think of stealing and adultery and murder and rape. But listen to this. It all started with disobedience. Adam didn't cheat on Eve. He didn't kill nobody. There was no murder that went on. It all started with a choice. And when that choice took over, disobedience came into the world. It all started with that. What is sin to you? What is sin to me? I'm going to tell you what it is. James 4.17 says this. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. What's that to you? What category would you put that in? A lot of times we don't think about it. We think of all the big ones, but do you tell lies? Is the truth in you? Sometimes, have you been around a person that you don't even know if they're telling the truth? Come on. Y'all ever talk to that person? You're filtering 90% of what they're saying out, and you're going, okay, I know that only 10% of this is the truth. But we think about lying. Is, is that sin a relationship that God is trying to pull you out of? He's been telling you, it's bad for you. Don't touch it. Don't go near it. Get away from it. How about trying to reach a status? Trying to get somewhere in life by stepping over whoever you can to get there. Trying to be somebody that you're not trying to be the status. But how about worry? How about fear? How about lack of faith? Some of that worry and faith is, is some of the sins that I have to deal with too. We live in a toxic world. Why do we detox? And where do we start? You have to start somewhere or you go nowhere. I've started this process of trying to get in shape. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's been a lot harder this time than it has before. But I'm changing my perspective on it. And Mindy's changing her, Pastor Mindy's changing her perspective. We're not doing this to lose 20 pounds in the next two months, to go on vacation and look good on the beach. We're doing this to meet a lifestyle change. To where I can go up and down the stairs three or four times without dying on the third, fourth time. Come on. Listen, I can jump up here a little bit. I'm not sweating. Well, I was when I had that sauna suit on. But, but the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. Over the next few weeks, we're going to learn how to detox our minds. We're going to learn how to detox our bodies and our mouth. She's going to talk about detox in our mouth and our spirit and our soul. I'm going to fast three full days this week. When I say that, I'm going to do a water fast three full days. I'm going to ask you, if you would do this, would you pick a day this week and fast with me? Because what I want to do at the end of next week, I want to have a clarity that I did not have before. And sometimes you have to do something outside of the normal 
You want to get something different from God, sometimes you got to do something outside of the normal to get where you need to go with him. So I'm going to do a three-day fast this week. Our first step is to recognize that we're toxic. Let's all stand if we would. The first step is to recognize that we're toxic. I ain't toxic. What's wrong? What's wrong? I'm good. I'm drinking detox tea. I'm uh, eating my fruits and vegetables. Uh, I'm good. Good. But you're not. You're not okay. We all have toxins in us. We all have that thing right now inside of us that God is trying to pull out of us. Listen, I just want you to get better. I just want to get better. You're not, you said up here, you listened to two pastors up here last week talking about that we're flaw, as flawed as you are. We just want you to get better and we want to get better. And when you go to the doctor and he checks you out and he starts telling you things that you, that you want to hear, you can't get better when you get things that you want to hear. The doctor has to be sometimes brutally honest with you to say, this is what you need to change. These, this is the, pers- ooh, I'm getting ahead of myself. This is the prescription that's going to change everything about your outlook, about how you're feeling in your body. Maybe you, you have been poisoned and maybe it's not your fault. Maybe circumstances and situations in your life cause you to be poisoned. But maybe it's your fault. Maybe it's your own fault. The Bible says all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You need the antidote. And you know what the antidote to the toxic world we live in? It's Jesus. You want to get better? You've got to follow the prescription. And that's Jesus. He's the remedy for the toxin. He's the remedy for the sin in our lives. And just like the bad choices cause pain, good choices can cause you to come out on the other side and find healing. Listen, you're not defined. You need to hear this, somebody. You're not defined about what you did 20 years ago. You're not defined of what somebody told you and who you were. You're not defined by that. You're defined by the choices you make right now and going forward. I'm going to start this detox by getting to know Jesus. There's going to be a prayer team on the left and right up here. But I'm going to ask you, not to just Jesus, everybody's heard that name. I'm talking about get to know Jesus Christ. Make him your personal savior. And there's a, a space up here. Can I just be honest? There's a space up here called the altar. And, and so many, I grew up in church and, and altar calls came and you knew what the purpose of this altar was. Now we live in a culture where we don't know where, you know, listen, I may ask you to raise your hands here in just a moment, but there is something detoxifying about getting out of the seat that you're in, making a walk down an aisle, kneeling down in front of people and saying, God, I'm here. Can you get, can you start the detox process in me? And let me just tell you that if you don't feel comfortable with that, you don't got to do that, but you got to start detoxing your mind to say, God, I want what you want me to do. If the Holy Spirit starts to lean on you to take a walk out here and come to the front of this church, I implore you to do that. But if he's speaking to you in the back row right now, I implore you to make that choice too. Freedom comes from a step.
Freedom comes from one step. One step could change your life. So I'm going to ask us, as they get ready to sing this song, and it's not just another song you do at the end. I, I just don't like to be in program. It's not something we just do. This is a life-changing moment. So I'm going to ask you if you would, bow your heads. And nobody looking around. If you would like to make Jesus, maybe you've not made that choice to make him your personal savior. If you would, I wish you'd just lift up your hand to me. Let me see. I see, I see those hands. I see them, and God sees them. I'm going to ask us all so we're comfortable. I'm going to ask us all to say this prayer together. And the Bible says again, last week I said, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you can be saved. So here we go. Say, dear Jesus, Jesus. I'm a sinner. I am toxic. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive my sins. Take my toxins out. Make me new. I give you control of my life. When I fall, help me to get up. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.